The following podcast contains coarse language, sensitive subjects, and will expand your mind. Listener discretion is advised. When you picture the universe, what do you imagine? I guess the most common answer would be planets and stars with the occasional space traveler. But what does this universe really consist of? What happens to all of our energy when we die? Does it float up into space? Do we all become stars? Are we what binds the universe? Why is it that human beings are so quick to dismiss the unexplained, but then admit that we don't really know everything? Do we take the time to realize what's around us? Or do we exist in it every day, mindlessly? Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. people out there that can see past the everyday. Their stories are sometimes hard to hear because you have to accept the possibility that what they experience exists. After my interview with Jesse, I can appreciate those that see differently. Or maybe they just see. Ever ever since I was young, uh, I've always felt a little different. I, I know that Pretty much everybody can experience that, but uh, I just, something about that angst never really quite went away for me. And I still feel different. So uh, I guess there's something more to it. I guess some of my earliest experiences being in nursery school. I was definitely, you could call me a a dreamer type, like a daydreamer type. I would kind of just retreat into daydreams, I guess, uh, whenever we had to be in like a circle or something like that. Sitting with the group and I just felt like, I, I remember having this vision of myself being filled with a golden light, I guess, is the best way to put it. And I kind of saw myself as like a a gold statue. I was in junior kindergarten and I never liked drawing, which is maybe kind of weird for kids. Kids are supposed to love drawing, drawing time. But for whatever reason, I I wasn't into it. Uh, I think I felt frustrated that I wasn't able to express what I was seeing in my head on on paper. It wasn't good enough. The it seems like the only thing I would ever draw was like a jagged line. <laughs> and and the the teacher would be like, "What are you drawing, Jesse?" And I'm like, "I don't know. An airplane." <laughs> This would go on and I would just kind of like draw these like 
jagged lines and uh, they would have to draw it, like the teacher would have to kind of like write like into the booklet to say what my, what I was thinking. And it was like, I drew an airplane. I drew an airplane. I <laughs> looking back, I'm like, was I just drawing like UFOs? <laughs> because it's just, I'm just like drawing these like lines in, in the skies, like flying things, like very one dimensional. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. Part of me likes to think that maybe I was destroying UFOs. This was just the beginning of Jesse's curiosity. Once I got to grade school, uh, I seemed to, I think I was relatively comfortable in grade school. I mean, as comfortable as an awkward, shy kid could be. What really brought me joy was was reading. Uh, I particularly was drawn to books on UFOs <laughs> and uh, aliens and uh, folklore and like werewolves and vampires and uh, the genius thing that brought all these things together is actually the Dewey Decimal System, which is the system that all libraries use. And uh, section zero points, I don't know, 0.1 to like 0.4, all are in that realm of the unknown and in the realm of folklore and paranormal activity and parapsychology. The unknown became fascinating to Jesse because he started to experience it at an early age. I started to see energy when I'd say it was maybe like 10 or 11. So I, I grew up in, in, in France and uh, got taken around a lot, did a lot of sightseeing. And I remember being on these medieval ramparts by an ocean and it was an overcast day. Uh, so I was, I would just kind of like stare off and I remember staring off into this overcast sky and, uh, I started to see like these sort of like, like energy lines in the sky, like pathways. The closest thing that I can compare it to is like, if see, I, I remember seeing this nature documentary where they're describing, uh, the paths that birds take during their migrations as these sort of lines or like channels through through the sky and the illustration or like whatever like special effects they use in that documentary is very similar to the kind of things that, that I saw. That led me to experiments with seeing things that weren't necessarily there. Like I started to see uh, auras around around trees, around tree lines. Like I mean, I can still do this. You just if you're like looking off into a horizon, like a, or like a tree line. Uh, if you stare into the sky and let the environment reveal itself to you, rather than trying to see what's there. Then it would start to happen in his sleep. 
I also used to have this recurring dream. And so in my dream, I would wake up. I would get out of bed, follow a, there was like a ghostly line, multiple versions of myself that were walking in this line and they were walking in front of me and behind me, I would fall in line and leave, walk out the door down the hallway and get to like, I guess the stairwell. And then I would just cut out. To me, it's some sort of evidence of the multi-dimensional self that there are infinite versions of us that exist out there and the dream the dream space dreams are a key to accessing those versions of ourselves after returning from france jesse had a hard time finding his normal after after living in France for about four years, I uh, came back to Toronto and uh, started life at a new school. Um, I had trouble fitting in again, and uh, I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, I didn't have really great social skills, which is ironic because I'm sort of like super social, social butterfly now, but... At that time, uh, I was fairly withdrawn and misunderstood. Didn't even understand myself very well, probably. And I I was stuck at a school where I I really didn't know anyone, but I was there for a French immersion program. And uh, I kind of just like sucked it up and went through with it. Uh, My last year, I was going into my last year of high school. Kind of had this breakdown. I was like, I just couldn't go back and go back to that school. so uh, luckily, I was able to go to a different high school that was still in my area. And uh, that was a life-changing experience uh, in, in more than one way. It, it was very uh, cathartic, you could say. Uh, for the first time, I had friends, like a friends group of just sort of like outcast weirdos like myself who didn't fit in anywhere. I'd never felt more found, I guess. Uh, So uh, I had a crew. We uh, started smoking weed, of course, and this became routine. Uh, I'd never experienced anything close to what happened next, and I still haven't experienced anything close. You, there was something like definitely interesting was happening though. Also, like there was like a bit of a le- build up for like a month prior. I felt like every time I looked at a at a clock, like a digital display, the time was always like I was seeing sequences like twelve thirty four or four forty four or one twenty three or eleven eleven. <laughs> I just felt like there's some kind of message that was trying to come through the universe. Like something was trying to communicate with me. And I really, I could not put my finger on it, but it just felt like something was up. Pretty weird, right? Well, it gets weirder. So I sat down with a couple friends and become a fairly seasoned smoker at this point. But then things got 
weird. I just felt like I was going to pass out, but I tried to fight it. I, I felt like there was a sort of like intense rushing in my ears. It was pulling and pulling and pulling and I was kind of a fighter and I'm like, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go until I just couldn't, couldn't fight it off anymore. And as I did, it just it felt like the sort of like slingshot effect happened. And next thing I knew, I was way up in space. I was surrounded by a blue bubble of energy. And I could sort of make out the crest of the earth in the distance, off in the distance. And there's definitely like stars around me. Um, but mostly it was this blue light that was surrounding me. The light had a message. And the message was that everything was in its right place. And that nothing could change this. And that no matter where you are in life, no matter what actions you take, you are on the right path. And there's nothing that can shake that. This, the deep, this deep feeling of connectedness, that we're all together, we're all connected, that all is one, like this like mystical oneness um, that I later got to know. That was a very intense moment. Uh, it felt like it lasted forever, you know? It felt like an eternity. Uh, and then uh, next thing I knew, I was back in my body. Waking up with my head in my lap and kind of like coming to and asking my friends, I'm like, hey, what happened? You're here, all is good, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. This thing's gonna chill. And they're like, okay, cool, yeah, you do that. <laughs> Upon his return from this experience, Jesse found that his mind was altered and he could see a little bit more. One of the friends starts, gets back to her the story that she was telling and the weirdest thing was happening. Um, I was listening to the story. I was still kind of connected to that experience that had just happened. And kind of like, it was like this deja vu experience, but like an extended deja vu where I could like, it was taking me, yeah, it was taking me into the future, but only by like, a few moments <laughs> like I would kind of zone out like like kind of like ride that wave and then I would kind of tune in to what my friend the story that my friend was telling he started to predict what his friend would say next haven't I heard this story haven't you told us this before and she's like no I'm like okay well doesn't this happen and then 
And she's like, yeah. And then she's like, well, didn't did this happen? She's like, yeah. And then like, what about this? And she's like, yeah, but I've never told you this thing. Like, uh, this is really weird. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and uh, everything kind of seemed like it had this sort of like old timey kind of feel. I was sort of like seeing into people, but like seeing like this old fashioned version of them. I don't know what to make of that. Um, but I was definitely picking up on something that was not usually there. <laughs> as open as I am, I'm still very much a skeptic in the sense that I don't know what's real. I don't know what the definition, what the lines are between reality and imagination. Uh, I think it's a very fine line. Um, I think that the power of imagination is very strong and that we, if you get enough people together that believe in one thing, you can make it, you can make it real. This experience led him down a path of spiritual enlightenment and future learning. He wanted to understand why this happened. So after that, ex I had that experience. It took me about a year to process it. And, uh, I guess I became like a bit of a seeker, you could say, whether I knew it or not. Um, I was looking for meaning eventually, looking for an explanation for that experience. And uh, um, if you were to mention spirituality to me, I would have thought that was something like the images of like, like, I don't know, like old ladies in church basements. Is kind of what I thought of when I thought of spirituality, because I guess that's kind of what I'd seen in like books in the in the library. I don't connect to that at all. I didn't see the link. I didn't know. I didn't understand that there was a, a link in like a hierarchy to that like I do now. Um, and that's pretty much what I feel had happened in that moment. I was I'd communed with a higher source and uh, it didn't really make sense to me. I'm like, why me? Like, what did I do? Uh, I don't think I've done anything special in my life. Uh, I've never thought about this stuff very much before, other than being really into aliens and ghost stories. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's kind of what started me on a spiritual path. Um, like, I really liked, like, I felt very drawn to the, the Tao, like the, the Tao Te Ching. That was probably my, the first, like, book of, like, Eastern spirituality or spirituality in in general that I had read, I was reading up on Zen Buddhism. And uh, in Zen Buddhism, there's an experience called that you can have called a Satori. They call it seeing yourself nature or an experience of witnessing your connection to the universe. And there's many ways to experience that. Uh, you can go out and have a walk in nature and just things can feel nice and you feel like, oh, yes. You can have, I guess, more profound experiences uh, like something I experienced. That experience, that out of spontaneous out-of-body experience that I had had that drove me to take those courses in the first place, well, absolutely. Yes, I was definitely seeking seeking, looking for answers. But I mean, it's also following my passions. I guess it's just what I was interested in. Like it opened up such a, 
so many things just started making more sense to me in my life after that. I was like, ah, yes, it's all interconnected. Uh, a very, very strong conviction that there is much more out there than, than what we believe and can see with our eyes. Unbeknownst to Jesse, the things that he couldn't see were about to make themselves very real. A few years later, um, I'd been, I was in bed and uh, I'd been uh, out with some friends earlier. And so I, I woke up a couple hours later. When I woke up, I looked up. I saw that there was this creature that was hovering over my bed. Uh, I know this sounds crazy. Um, It looked like a spider. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, It had like a main central body and it had these like dangly, like tentacle-like legs and had a head. And it wasn't like you could see like its its skin and its eyes and but it was made up of like a like a smoke, like a dense, smoky, vibrating energy. I could still make out in the dark that there was a like a density to this to this creature. Uh, and it really freaked me out. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't know what to make of it. He then thought he may have accidentally conjured something. Point in my life, I'd, I'd gotten deep into uh, uh, meditative practices, uh, altars. Uh, I had my crystals. Uh, I was actively uh, setting intentions and lighting incense and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, performing rituals, but uh, I'd never consciously sort of called on a, <laughs> uh, I, never, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I was really surprised uh, and a little scared. Uh, and uh, I eventually, I guess I shut my eyes because I was like, you know what else to do? Like, you know, how, how long can you stare down, <laughs> stare something like that down for? You know, I, I guess uh, it's like, oh God, I need to take a break from this. And uh, I uh, closed my eyes, and uh, when I opened them again, the thing was gone. And that was it. But not all of his experiences were dark and scary. At that point in my life, like I said, I had gotten, I was pretty into my meditation practice, and... Uh, one thing that I particularly enjoyed uh, at that time was, uh, was just sitting out in the sun, uh, a quartz crystal, um, particularly a larger one called a, a gazing stone, which has a, a large surface, larger surface that has a bit of like a what you call a veil, which is like a, a cloudy sort of cloudiness to it. If you get into it enough, that veil will lift and things can be revealed to you. 
with this particular episode, I was sitting in my backyard with the stone, happily meditating in the sun. And uh, when you're meditating, you don't really keep your eyes open, but you don't keep them fully closed either. So they're kind of like half open, half closed. And first, I guess I felt like a very like comforting presence around me. And I saw a pair of these ghostly, feathery white hands put themselves around my hands. There was no particular message that came with it. There was no voice in my head that I remember. Um, There was no earth-shattering revelation in any sense, but it just felt nice. It just felt like this very comforting presence was around me. I'm not sure. Was it if it was it an angel? Uh, was it a guide? Was it a spirit passing through? I mean, I, I guess it would probably be a guide. That would make the most sense. I'm not one unless I've been given like a specific message or it's written down or I don't know. I can find evidence of this then my empirical mind will just accept it for what it was and, uh, and move on. But then things did get dark and scary. I really haven't had many encounters with ghosts. Uh, I've definitely like picked up on vibes and feelings and, uh, people's energies. Uh, not very often energies of things that aren't around me. Uh, but one did make itself known quite strongly uh, one time. Uh, I was actually part of a ghost hunting show. Uh, it never quite made it to air. It was like the concept was send a group of people to Fort Erie, which is one of the more uh, haunted uh historical locations in, in Ontario. Our mission was to just run around for the night, uh, leave the cameras on, and uh, record uh, whatever you can. My evening was pretty uneventful uh, for most of the evening. Uh, nothing, I don't remember picking anything up too interesting uh, until the very end of the night. I was with a group of people, and uh, we were in the second floor of uh, what was the barracks building. Everybody's cameras had died. Uh, we're just kind of, I guess everyone's like technically just like recharging our own batteries at this point. Out of nowhere, uh, this cold gust of air came through the room. That definitely got people's attention. Then came the feeling that was that the hair on the back of your neck goes up and it's like this icy cold like vibe that comes through. It was followed by an orb. Some ghost hunters have claimed that orb-shaped visual artifacts appearing in photographs, video, and in person are spirits of the dead. They present themselves as glowing white balls of light glowing orb uh, kind of the same sort of like smoky energy that we had described earlier with the spider being and uh, it came with 
a voice manifested itself as my voice in my head. Uh, but it had a very clear message that was definitely not from my head. <laughs> it was saying, go away, go away, go away. You're not wanted here. Go away. That freaked me out. I mean, I think everybody was just like literally scared. We're just frozen. I was just like frozen solid. It made its way through through the hallway or through, the, through this building. Maybe like after a minute, it disappeared. The energy dropped in the room quite quickly. Uh, people snapped out of their paralysis. I'm not sure if people, can't remember if people really acknowledged what had happened. It seemed like people weren't really sure what had happened. And One thing that was definitely observable was a cold patch of air that was left in the room, specifically in the area where the orb had disappeared. And like, you could really feel the perimeter of this, this patch of air, uh, which was super cool because uh, that's what you call ectoplasm, which is like sort of like the psychic uh, residue left by, left by spirits. Uh, not just uh, a term made up in by Ghostbusters. I don't tell everyone about this story because, <laughs> uh, not because people will think I'm weird, but because I don't want it to come from a place of like ego, you know, to say like, oh. Look at me, I'm so cool. I've had all these encounters. I'm like, I think you have to stay really uh, humble and modest about it. And for me, I'm just, I'm an observer. And uh, it's just nice to be recognized. Or... In fact, I'm confident in knowing that there's something else out there. Uh, I'm not saying I know what it is. I'm not saying I know the... You know, the boundaries of the universe, I mean, I think it's like limitless. I feel it's just nice to have confirmation. I can kind of tell who knows what's up and who doesn't know what's up. It's sort of like a spiritual street sense. Like, all I know is what I know and what I've experienced and what my truth is and what my faith is. And uh, I think it serves me well. No matter what your truth is, please don't close your mind to the possibility of something else. It's easy to become trapped on the Ferris wheel of life. You never know what you might miss. If you have a story you've been hiding, submit it to us at geistpodcast.com. Geist is written and directed by me, Daniel Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Geist web artwork is by Jake Carruthers. Special thanks goes to Jesse Ship. Follow us on Instagram at Geist underscore podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and rate Geist on Apple Podcasts. It makes it easier for people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sleep tight.